So it is officially fall again. And I know this not because my Google Calendar announced the autumnal, autumnal equinox, but rather because I went to Trader Joe's on Wednesday and I see that it is pumpkin spice time again. <laughs> I swear, it seems to me that every year the number of pumpkin-flavored food options grows by exponentially. In fact, as I shopped last Wednesday, I seriously started to wonder if it might be possible to buy an entire week's worth of groceries only in pumpkin spice. It might be something worth trying to do. It might be something worth trying to do. Now, this season is traditionally a time of celebration of the abundance of the harvest and the abundance of life. And we are called to celebrate and honor the goodness of the earth that gives freely of her fruits for our sustenance in the winter to come. It can sometimes be easy to miss this sense of harvest in the the modern context because we have such a great food system that allows us to have fruits and vegetables year-round. And I know there are problems with that, but really, for most of human history, we didn't have enough food. And so that we have enough food most of the time is kind of a miracle. But it can be hard to sort of remember that this really is this time when we are preparing for what is yet to come and to celebrate the gifts that we have already been given. And based on what is happening in our world right now, I think it is also difficult to find moments of celebration And as I sat down this week to think about what I wanted to write for you in this final time that I have with you, I really struggled to find celebration. The unprecedented onslaught of 13 hurricanes at the halfway mark in a hurricane season, which normally brings us only eight I know that this is a major block for many of us to a sense of celebration, to earthquakes in Mexico and a political system that seems marked only by anger and slurs that have no place in our deeply patriotic and pluralistic society. It can be difficult to find moments to celebrate. And yet, when we fail to celebrate, we fail to remember that the resources that we have are the springboard for what we will use to find those points of celebration. We must find celebration in order to effectively and authentically show up for the work of justice love that lays before us. Because when we do that, we find that we have the courage to face our fears and to overcome that inertia that so often can block us from taking effective action. So, yeah, I struggled this week with what to write to you. And then I got quiet in myself and I thought to myself, what is it that I need to hear right now? And the answer came quick. I needed to hear that it is okay to have hope. 
I needed to hear this week that it's okay to have hope in the face of what we know is a climate crisis that is not going to be easy to get through. I needed to know what is the shape of hope? What does it look like on the ground? And what does it feel like in my heart? And how do I find and connect with the people around me such that that hope can sustain us for the long road ahead? Because there is a lot that can drain out our hope right now. But I would like to argue that despite the fleeing of the Rohingya Muslims in Burma, despite a president that treats nuclear war as if it is a game, and despite two earthquakes and four hurricanes in less than a month, it is necessary for us to find and sustain hope. And that hope is actually a radical act of resistance. And in fact, sustaining such hope allows us to harvest the solutions that we know are available to us. The question is, where do we find that hope? Where do we find that voice of encouragement when it seems that our own voice is quiet? For me this week, I turned to the work of Joanna Macy. Many of you are very familiar with her work over many years as an environmental activist, an author, and a poet. Her poem, Active Hope, brought me comfort this week. And so I thought I would like to bring it to you today and share it with you and invite you, rather than me telling you a lot of words, I thought I would share this poem with you and invite us at several points during the reading of it to just pause and be in deep reflection. Because my time with you comes to an end And I want for you to know that the gifts that you have given me reside always and forever already in you. And that you do have what it takes to sustain this community and this world through your work together. And I'm going to be watching you. I hope that we may encourage one another in this moment to be the kind of Unitarian Universalists that we know the world needs and to dig a little deeper for that courage and that hope. So I'm going to pause three times and I'm going to invite you into silence and then we'll move on to the next part. So part one, Active Hope by Joanna Macy. Active hope is not wishful thinking. Active hope is not waiting to be rescued by the lone ranger or some savior. Active hope is waking up to the beauty of life on whose behalf we can act. We belong. We belong to this world. Our Unitarian Universalist principles tell us that we are connected by the interdependent web. I call us to rest in that web and to know that the way forward comes from surrendering to what is and connecting once again to that deep root within. 
You are welcome here. You belong here. And I'm so glad to have spent this time with you. I'm so glad that you're here today. You are beautiful. You are holy. You are whole. I invite you now just to rest in your own quiet stillness. You are beloved by me, and I will miss you. Be good to one another. Be like Velcro. Adhere to one another and don't let go. For the journey ahead is long, but I have faith in you. Part two. The web of life is calling us forth at this time. We've come a long way and are here to play our part. With active hope, we realize that there are adventures in store, strengths to discover and comrades to link arms with. This is why we are faithful people choosing to be in religious community. There are many communities that we participate in, But when we participate in religious community, we make a sacred covenant with one another to not just be the Velcro, but to be the glue that sustains the whole world. Years ago, I watched a documentary in which they spoke of this sort of sticky atmospheric metaphor called the ethnosphere, which is all of the communities, all of the people, and all of the cultural customs of a given time and place that bind together. You are your own atmosphere. And within that atmosphere of this community, there is great holiness, great commitment, and great courage. And I have seen that over the summer with you. I want only to see that grow greater and stronger in the months to come. Be comrades with one another. Find your strengths. Find that adventure. Be still and remember that the adventure and the story that you want to tell is not written yet but it is not written only by you. It is written and told and retold in community. 
Let us be silent as we remember those bonds that bind us together. Part three, active hope is a readiness to discover the strengths in ourselves and in others, a readiness to discover the reasons for hope and the occasions for love, a readiness to discover the size and strengths of our hearts, our quickness of mind, our steadiness of purpose, our own authority, our love for life, the liveliness of our curiosity, the unsuspected deep well of patience and diligence, the keenness of our senses and our capacity to lead. None of these can be discovered in an armchair or without risk. So you see, I didn't need to write my own sermon. She wrote so beautifully of what it takes for us to know ourselves and to know ourselves in community. You belong here. You are wanted here. And you are needed here. We need one another in order to do that work that is ahead of us. We all come in these doors for different reasons. And we all enjoy this community in different ways. But we are all connected in that essential belief that we matter and that our living matters and that our living is made more meaningful by being in community with one another. One of the ways that we celebrate with one another is through acts of kindness. So I wonder, as we go into a third moment of silence, what kindness do you have today to offer? What blessing do you need to receive? And how might you open your heart to the giving and receiving of kindness and blessing such that you can build the beloved community going forward? Let us be silent once more. Amen.
Now I have some more gifts for you. Many times over this summer, we have spoken about the importance of finding your own path. And it is my firm stance that as a minister, it is so important for me to find and follow my own path in order to give you permission to find and follow your own. And we are a very diverse community as Unitarian Universalists. And I know I have hinted many times at what my theology might be, so I thought I would just come out and share a tiny bit of it actually with you so that you would know exactly what you're getting rid of as of 12.30 today. (laughs) So um, as you probably have figured out, I am a theist, and that is the truth. I practice or walk the path of Celtic Christianity, which is both um, indicative of my ethnic background as well as reflective of my uh, childhood theology in a traditional Christian community and a nice combination of my adult UU faith. And the gift that I'd like to bring you is the, the lessons that are at the core of Celtic Christianity, which I think really fit with this time of season and of change. In Celtic Christianity, the primary teaching is based on the book of Genesis and the blessing of creation as good. Uh, Celtic Christianity took place in the British Isles, as you might imagine, and was flourished after the fall of the Roman Empire. So there was a 200-year period in the Celtic part of the world where Christianity and the Druidic people, um, Druidic native people of that area, where those two traditions melded and gave us Celtic Christianity. So it's a different version of Christianity than most people are familiar with. And in Celtic Christianity, um, there's a strong resonance with the, the rhythms and the cycles of the earth. It's a celebration of life that really respects the body and stands resolutely on the side of the oppressed and fights for justice. And it's a, has a commitment that's born uh, theologically out of that Genesis story that we are the ones we have been waiting for and that we are good, as is the rest of the world. In my tradition, we are taught that nature is the original blessing, that we are given a body and that bodies are beautiful and holy and sacred. Every body is sacred. We are also taught that grace is the second blessing, that in between nature and grace is the messiness of human life. We are given free will, and even though there is nothing that could ever separate us from the love of God, we can kind of get a little off track sometimes. And so grace is there to bring us back in. It is a tradition that de-emphasizes some of the um, bloodier aspects of the resurrection and celebrates the celebration of the teachings of Jesus the Christ. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about that so that you would know that this whole summer I have done my very best to love you and to serve you and to honor you in all the paths that you walk. And I welcome you and invite you to continue to walk your own path because you know in your heart the path that is best for you, the path that opens your heart is the right path for you. 
I invite you to just walk that with humility and integrity in the days to come. And I would be remiss if I didn't just tell you a little bit about what happens next for me. So as I leave here with you, I continue to be um, in my community down in Santa Barbara, and I continue to work towards ordination, which happens early, hopefully, in 2018. And right now I'm working as a chaplain. So my life will continue to sort of unfold in that way. But this time with you has been a blessing upon my life, a great learning, and I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with you. I just want to thank you again for inviting me in to be with you. I wish now to just offer you my final blessing, and then we will sing and get out of here, and we will have maybe some cake later. I've heard there might be cake. So this is a traditional Irish blessing. Many of you are probably already familiar with it. And so I offer it to you as my final gift to you. Take now my blessing. May the long-time sun shine upon you. All love surround you. And the pure light within you guide your way on. May blessings abound in you. Amen.